welcome to another episode of the MHR Podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Emma. Emma, we're into March now. We're getting right into the middle of it. We are. We're coming towards the end of Q1 and we- week 10 of the podcast. It also means, and this is a nice segue into what we're going to talk about this week, we're, going to, we're coming to the end of the tax year. We are. So I thought we could talk about tax year end. Okay. How does that sound? That sounds like a good plan. Good. Well, to help us do this, because we are not the experts on this matter. We're, we're absolutely gonna, not. Yeah, we're going to welcome no. back uh, a trusted colleague of ours who's uh, been a frequent member of the podcast before. So Neil Tonks is our legislation manager. Hi, Neil. Hiya. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, you're here to put us on the straight and narrow about what we've seen in the last tax year and also what's coming up and, and what businesses can uh, expect. So any immediate thoughts you want to share with us before we get into the nitty gritty of it? Well, tax year-wise, it's not too difficult, I think. Looking further ahead, there might be things to come, but uh, that's a a quick summary. Good. All right, then. So... (laughs) This might be quite easy. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Um, So, last year, um, we we talked about a few things, such as the health and social care levy, national insurance. Mm. How do you think um, businesses responded to uh, the previous tax year? by having an awful lot of chaos during the <laughs> course of the tax year. Yeah, I mean, a year ago, the big thing was, was the health and social care levy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was being implemented as an increase to the national insurance rates. Mm-hmm. And the plan was that it would be split out into a separate tax for mm-hmm. the coming tax year. But, of course, we had all the, all the comings and goings of various prime ministers and chancellors yeah. last year, <laughs> and we ended up with, with changes to national insurance in year at mm-hmm. two points in July and again in November, uh, which between them have increased the threshold we start paying national insurance mm-hmm. and also resulted in the health and social care levy being abandoned. It had a life of a, a year and two weeks between it being announced by Mr. Johnson and then abolished by his successor. So, uh, one of the shortest taxes in history, I suspect. Well, not one of the shortest terms, though, of last year, though, for some no, people. No, that's so. true. <laughs> Very true. Okay, then. So, um, were there any other kind of key areas of last year that you think have had a real knock-on effect to businesses, apart from just the various chaos? Is there anything in regards to like, the minimum wage or national insurance that people well, have been the, hit by? The chaos on national mm-hmm. insurance was tied to the... Uh, Health and social care mm. levy. Yeah. Minimum mm. wage, yeah, it went up last year. It's going up again this year. But those those things are kind of planned in the sense that you know about them getting on for six months before the end of the year. So uh, <clears throat> businesses do have time to plan for that sort of yeah. thing. And do you think that enough um, kind of support and guidance was given sort of during those changes? Do you think there's any learnings that could be taken away for the new tax year when ultimately more yeah. change is going to, you know, come in? What, for the government? Yeah, don't make short, <laughs> notice, don't make short notice changes in the middle of a tax year. Uh, it was, I'm told by people who have been in payroll even longer than me, that the changes to national insurance during the year was the first time it had happened since the 1970s. Oh, correct. So, so, yeah, people were not prepared for that mm. sort of thing, and it did cause a, a few hiccups, but uh, we all got there eventually, as we always do. <laughs> yeah. um, with that in mind, then, do you think we have a clear picture of what to expect this coming tax year? Now we know that plans mean nothing. Um, <laughs> but, you Good know, yeah, yes. on the assumption that things might not be as dramatic as last year, do we, do we, know, do we have an idea of what we can expect? Mm. 
yeah, this text here is relatively straightforward. One of the simplest I've known. Uh, a lot of things are frozen, so mm. national insurance, the whole thing is frozen. Yeah. At the values that applied from November last year. Uh, tax, there's a reduction in the upper rate threshold yeah. from 150,000 down to 120 something. I don't know the exact figure off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. uh, it's a sizable reduction, so highest earners are going to pay significantly more tax potentially than they did, but for the rest of us it doesn't really make any any difference. There are inflation increases to things like some of the national insurance, uh, mm -hmm. sorry, some of the uh, student loan thresholds mm -hmm. and, and things like that, but n nothing major, all the ultra-enrolment stuff's staying the same as it was last year. So all in all, it's a, it's a very straightforward uh, new, new tax year, really. Uh, the only thing that people might notice is that the the rates of the statutory payments, like maternity yes. pay and so on, they've gone up quite significantly because okay. they're tied to inflation, so they've yeah. gone up about, around about 10%. Okay. So is it fair to say that actually this year is more of a kind of a, a nice breath and pause and a little bit more stable, bit more stable than, than we had the previous mm. year. So if you're a payroll manager or you're working with the team there, you can probably go, oh, okay, well, I think I know what to expect. I can probably take it a bit more easier this year. I would like to think so. I mean, yeah. Could, yeah. Well, we learned from last year that you can, yeah, things happen politically. Yeah. Mm. And, Let's see what happens and, by April. Yeah. But yes, I mean, you know, there are no plans for any, any other changes during the course of this tax year. Is it quite common for um, legislation to change sort of throughout a, throughout the year as well? No. Is, or is that becoming more of a frequent thing in, in kind of the current climate oh, that we're in? For years, nothing changed at all ever mm. during the tax year. Uh, I'd like to think we've got back to that for this year. Yeah. Obviously, during the two COVID years, things were changing on a regular basis mm. of necessity. And, you know, we all, we all accept that. Last year, things were changing on a regular basis because of political instability, which is a bit more difficult to accept. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, things do seem to have settled down now. We've got a, a new Chancellor. The budget is on the 15th of March, mm -hmm. so we've got the budget coming up. That's really his first opportunity to, to put his own stamp on things. Mm. <clears throat> he was appointed in October last year, and he had the autumn statement, but that really, all he did there was, was abandon the plans of his predecessor because they caused turmoil in the financial markets. So uh, so this is his first real opportunity. But in terms of payroll and so on, I, I doubt if he'll make any changes that come into effect this tax year, the coming tax year. Okay. I think any changes will be longer term. And do you think that there's any learnings that businesses can take away from the volatility of the last couple of years to feel and be better prepared for any kind of incoming changes or even better managing the changes that are coming to be for, for 23-24 tax year? That's a difficult question because of, of the nature of these things is that you don't know what's going to come, mm, so you can't really sure. be prepared for it. All you, can, all you can do is make sure that you've got you know, people, resources available to deal with any, anything <coughs> that happens at short notice and, mm -hmm. and that you're not, you don't find that all your internal plans get thrown into chaos because you, you have to put people on dealing with a, a change in legislation. Yeah, sure. <coughs> so it's, but, ju it's just putting that, that back up yeah. in place and ensuring that you've got... Yes. You know, yes. critical paths but, in place to, to manage that. But fingers crossed we won't get any of that this year anyway. 
Fingers uh, crossed. Hopefully, hope. yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that, that this Prime Minister and Chancellor will be in office for a while. So plans will become less short term and mm -hmm. more medium long term. Brilliant. Thank you. Now that's really helpful. I think uh, so. I, what I'm taking away as a nutshell is actually we're looking at a bit more stability this year in terms mm -hmm. of plans. Obviously, the things that happened last year have had a knock-on effect, but they've happened through uh, a necessity or chaos, really. Um, and as a result, they forced hands, but there is no intention to change legislation this year as to what we expect to go into. Um, so the picture looks quite clear. I think so, yes, as clear as it ever is when you're dealing with politicians. Brilliant. We will <laughs> no doubt call you back in in a few weeks, Neil, when something changes or something goes wrong, and we will get your input on it because it is always essential. So thank Absolutely. you very much for your time. Oh, that's no problem at all. Thank you. Brilliant. If you'd like to hear more of Neil's feedback from also this previous year and see how we responded to uh, immediate changes, you can see our previous episodes as well. You can see that uh, last year was a bit of a roller coaster of a journey in regards mm -hmm. to uh, oh, gosh, the yeah. changes. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you, Neil. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Rishi Sunak wants you to listen to the MHR podcast until retirement age. News! The government is to recommend staff health checks uh, in a bid to curb labour shortages. So the government is considering introducing cheaper annual health checks for workers to combat labour shortages caused by staff sickness. What do you think, Emma? I think it's a fantastic Maybe idea. A it's incentivising proper health and well-being. Yep, the proposal is to take uh, one of uh, the proposal is one of several that could be unveiled by Jeremy Hunt uh, in the budget that will come out next week. Uh, that concern mm -hmm. um, and concerns that Brexit and COVID fuel worker shortages holding back the economy. So it's uh, an attempt to kick fire that, but also it does shine a light on the fact that we need to be more, uh, you know, focused on people's well-being and sickness. Absolutely. Almost half of employees think the praise they receive at work is an empty gesture, study shows. So survey points out the need for personal and sincere recognition as a third said it received an uncomfortable gesture. So almost half, so 47% of UK employees say the praise they receive at work is meaningless and can feel uh, like an empty gesture. So, I mean, what do you think about that? I think so. I think, so I think recognition is really important, and I think people uh, should use it wisely. I think if you're mm. using it for, like, everyday things over, you kind of get desensitised to it. But I think, yeah. you know, when actually you do go out your way or you do something you feels like it's taking a lot of work, someone recognises that, that that's important. So I think it's how you use it, rather than... I think recognition is incredibly important and vital. Yeah. I just think you shouldn't overkill it. Definitely. I think you should look at how you're using it. And there's, and there's ways in which you can, you know, communicate that to your teams as well. You know, yeah. you have systems, you know, like we use ourselves, people first by it now, um, where you can put those recognitions out to the wider business. And that in itself can make it feel more genuine. Yeah, yeah. Stop being so needy for your recognition. <laughs> Damn it. Bare Minimum Mondays. A new well-being trend is on the rise and it could become a crisis. So, um... Most will be acquainted with the pangs of anxiety felt by the end of the weekend when all of the tasks for the coming week is flooding back into focus. So this is the idea that actually people come in with an attitude or a culture towards Monday, which is, I'm just going to coast my way through. Mm. How do you feel about that phrase, Emma? Bare minimum Mondays. Well, first and foremost, I have issue with all of these corporate words that are coming into play now. But I think it's... I, I understand the premise, 
but I think it's it's not entirely appropriate yeah. in my view to be promoting it in such a way like yeah that. I also think it's victimising yeah. people who might actually be exactly. resorting to a way of yeah. working to get them for, a, for the week when actually it's That's about really shifting priorities and work mm. focus if you feel like your staff are doing bare minimum mm. is it actually the fact that actually they're struggling with other stuff and you don't have sight on it That's the news. Mixing work with pleasure since 2022. The MHR Podcast. All right. So just off the back of that and just to round up our podcast today. Um, I already referenced my disdain for corporate buzzwords in that news item just there. So I want to get your true and honest opinion of some more corporate buzzwords that I've been hearing throughout the last year, year and a half. It won't be good. Grip onto the table, bear with me. I'm on the edge of my seat. So the first one is bare minimum Mondays. Bare minimum excuse for a phrase. Terrible. (laughs) Get out. Bin. Horrible. Uh, What about growth hacking? What? Exactly. Next. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the the use of the annoying metaphors like in flight, wheels on the ground, land the plane. I used to work for oh. places that use this and the presentations will be about landing the plane. You're not a pilot, <laughs> right? You work in admin, get over yourself. Your job's not that important, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Uh, touch base. I want to touch base with you. Don't touch anyone's bases. It's a HR issue. <laughs> and uh, bandwidth. We're not, we're not a router. No. Right? We've gone way past dial up now. Move on. Ah, thanks. So, completely with you on that. Absolutely tragic. That's all of them. We've just got a few there. We've just got a few. My recommendation would be to stop using phrases like this and regain being a human being. That's it. Done. That's the T. Just be human. All right, thanks for that, Emma. So that's it for this week. But Mm. remember, as Neil has announced in this episode, and we've just realised, it's the budget next week. So if you're listening now, set a note in your diaries. Wednesday next week, the 15th of March, we'll be back for a budget update. So you can hear straight from the horse's mouth, then through Neil's, then into your ears, anything (laughs) we've got about the budget. (laughs) Until then, I've been Andy. And I've been Emma. We'll see you next week. See ya. (laughs) 